Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donations by our donors over at Patreon. Andrew, tell us a little bit about Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a site where you can go and donate to all your favorite creators like us, and specifically us. <laughs> um, only us. Only us. You don't have, only, you don't donate. Only us, only this, forget regret, <laughs> or your life is yours to miss. What Jess said, what Jess just quoted from something, do that. It's from Rent, your favorite musical. My favorite musical. Do that. We're Your following Rent. Musical. Rent is the greatest <laughs> no day, musical but today. of all time. Just do do what that said. Um, Imagine this is someone's first time listening to our show, and that's their first impression. <laughs> that's of their us. first impression. Hey, our current patrons, who we want to thank for supporting us, are, uh, and this is a long list, so here we go: uh, Stephanie L, Terry Needleman, Max Lunig, Benjamin Lear, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, Melissa Goldman, Jess Lightning. Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Tuskier, Colin McLeod, Fire of September, Sam Bergman, Mina Maniri, Monica Thoreau, Brent Black, Haley Murray, and Allison Wonderland. Thank you all for your support. And Jess, what are they what are they getting for doing the supporting? Well, those who give us a little financial support also get several things like um, every episode we have an after party that we upload for them specifically. They get patron only commentaries or an episode's a day early. And if you're a $20 um, donator like Mina Maniri, you get to pick what one of the shows we're going to review. In fact, she's opted to take two of them, which is what this is one of them. And next week will be her other one. So she, since she's donating a lot, she gets to decide what we do. So her for this episode on Bonnie and Clyde. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if you want to possibly choose an episode we do in the future, shill out those dollars, folks. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's time to get to the real show, though. All right, let's go. Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, the podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. How are you doing today, Andrew? Well, uh, I'm feeling great. I just uh, robbed a few banks, um, so you know I'm just I'm I'm in a good mood. I'm a little cheery. I'm a bright guy. What can I say? Um, I want to be her. I want to be her, dressed be... in style like Clara. Oh man, you look ravaging today, <laughs> Jess. <laughs> ravaging? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't remember what they said. <laughs> Ravishing? All right, Ra- <laughs> ravishing, not ravaging. That's what I said, isn't it? You said ravaging. 
Oh, well, my mouth doesn't make noises properly sometimes. I was trying to say what you said, which I'm not going to attempt again, by the way. <laughs> All right. Well, this week we are talking about Frank Wildhorn's Bonnie and Clyde. The Bible has got it wrong. Just look at the poor. Babe, the meek don't in Harry. Clyde is a musical with music by Frank Wildhorn, lyrics by Don Black, and a book by Ivan Menchel. The world premiere took place at the La Jolla Playhouse in California in November 2009. The musical centers on Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow, the ill-fated lovers and outlaws whose stories have been infamous since they achieved folk hero status during the Great Depression. Wildhorn described the music as a non-traditional score combining rockability, blues, and gospel music. The La Jolla Playhouse run was followed by a Sarasota, Florida engagement in 2010. The the musical debuted on Broadway in December 2011, where it failed to impress critics. Ticket sales were poor, and it closed after only four weeks. (gasps) Andrew, what did you think of Bonnie and Clyde? Um, Considering it's from your favorite composer ever, Frank Wildhorn, of Jekyll and Hyde the Musical. I didn't actually know that until like halfway through, um, but that doesn't change my opinion on it. I think it was pretty good, actually. Uh, not like amazing really? or, or great or blew me out of the water, but like, you know, it's it wasn't painful to sit through and I was, in, I was relatively engaged <laughs> with the story. <laughs> Man, I, I want a glowing review just like that. Man, I give nothing but the best, okay? I I give high praise when it's deserved, okay? Andrew gives you either dog shit or high praise, and then if you're in the middle, you're Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, I'm going to compare every musical (laughs) to Bonnie and Clyde from now on, just for you, Jess. How does that rank next to Bonnie and Clyde? Um, But this is better than Jekyll and Hyde, which was a huge success, in your opinion, at least. Um, Was a huge success in that it ran for a long period of time? Yes. It ran for a long period of time and made its money back. Whereas this absolutely. decidedly did not. <laughs> Financial success, absolutely. But as far as uh, telling a story in an en- engaging and entertaining way, uh, Bonnie and Clyde is much more successful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But let's not now compare this to Jekyll and Hyde all, and Clyde. the whole episode. <laughs> now, what's the plot of Bonnie and Clyde by your description? Um... Well, it's it's just the Bonnie and Clyde story. Um, I mean, I think most people know it, you know. Bonnie meets Clyde. Hey, hey, go, hey, hey, we have a lot of European folks out here that might not know the American folktale. Let's be fair. Okay, okay. Well, the American story is it's the Great Depression and everything sucks. Um, and these two young kids, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, meet up and they start robbing banks and... People write news stories about them, and a lot of people, like, fall in love with their, like, two lovers on the run story, um, and then they die. <laughs> don't, don't forget the important part. Then they accidentally call, um, La La Land instead of Moonlight, and everyone's mad at them. Oh. When does that happen? Is this a reference to something? I'm missing it. 
That's the reference to the Oscars where they had um, the guys that played Bonnie and Clyde come out for the oh. like 90th anniversary. <laughs> well, and yeah, as I, I, as I said, the true death. <laughs> death in the... That's when the media finally turned on him. Yep. That wasn't their fault. Maybe. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It wasn't Bonnie and Clyde's fault either. They they were a victim of soycumstance. <laughs> victim of soycumstance. They actually don't talk like that because they're Texans. <laughs> they talk like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not all that impressed by this musical. Like, I'm impressed considering where it came from. But the most impressive part of what's on stage was literally Laura Osnes's abs, which are real impressive. Good job on that, Laura. Yeah, yeah there was a lot of good-looking people in this show. A lot of young folk, mm-hmm. all looking fantastic. Y- yes, <laughs> and this didn't actually start off as a Broadway musical, or at least when it was first being developed. Um, Frank Wildhorn, after I believe it was Dracula, was working on a couple's um, album where it had a bunch of couples from history, and one of the ones that he wrote was um, for Bonnie and Clyde, and I believe he wrote The World Will Remember Us, which is a good introduction to them, even if you're only going to do one song, and I think that sums them up pretty well. Yeah. That, so, and then that never went through, so he eventually adapted it with Don Black. Yeah, I mean, I think it came out pretty good, and it's a good story for theater, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think when you hear Bonnie and Clyde the Musical, you think, oh, that'll work. That's such a good idea. Absolutely. I mean, there's just certain historical things that will work, you know? Like, when you hear Alexander Hamilton, obviously musical <laughs> material. Uh, so Bonnie and Clyde was a surefire hit, I think. And that's why well, it wasn't ran it? for um, <laughs> 28 full days. <laughs> Just can we get into the that? Why did this not run for more than two weeks or four weeks? Um, a lot of folks claim that because of Frank Wildhorn's contentious relationship with theater critics, theater critics will never give any production that he's behind a fair shake. And the reasoning for that is Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde was a success. Okay, let's talk about the Broadway theater community and its relationship with critics. Oh so, boy, something I know nothing about. Let's go. <laughs> it's not like how in films where a lot of people be like, ah, the critics don't know what they're talking about. Broadway critics have a lot of clout, and basically if a Broadway critic reviews something negatively, it is a death sentence for a show. Or at least that's what what is considered. There are exceptions that prove the rule, but overall, that is the belief. But Jekyll and Hyde was reviewed very poorly. That was the exception that proved the rule. Everyone had seen The Phantoms, and it was kind of a dark time for Broadway, so seeing this new, weird, creepy thing was something you could, like, come and touristy do. And another thing that that show brilliantly did that got the normies involved was it did a tour from across the U.S. before going to Broadway. So people, let's say, in Michigan were able to see it and be like, oh, that was great. Let's go to Broadway to see that when we visit New York next year. So that's what kept that show going. Um, whereas if you're just premiering on Broadway, the average New Yorker puts a lot of stock into what the New York Times is going to say about it. Yeah, whereas the average Joe across the United States is not going to give a crap about what some snooty uh, 
reviewer says in New York. <laughs> um, like one of the reviewers from Entertainment Weekly criticized the show by saying it aims for kiss, kiss, bang, bang, but too often it's filled with firing blanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what was so negatively perceived about this or or was it legitimately these reviews were just full of crap? Um, the reviews weren't really full of crap because when it premiered in Sarasota and in La Jolla, they saw it works. It this show works. It still needs some like effort to put you put into it, some like elbow grease to fix it up. But this is a good show. But then it hit Broadway, and it's like, uh, yikes. But like in La Jolla, like um, the L.A. Times reviewed it, saying it effectively works the redhead. Mole temptress, while Stark Sands Clyde flaunts a ripped torso as often as possible, both possess the sharp musical instincts. It is undeniably impressive. Stylistically, the work seems to be beholden to the conventional forms, yet curious about modern breakthroughs. And that that's all good things. Like, it was um, um, not exactly glowing, but positive. And it didn't really get the tear apart mixed to negative reviews until Broadway, where you have these folks that have this already preconceived notion of Frank Wildhorn. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting, though, because I don't think this show really deserves that negative of a uh, review. I mean, compared to some other stuff that we've talked about, and really this ran for for four weeks, how long did something like, uh, I I forget, how long did, like, Spider-Man run for? (laughs) Spider-Man ran for years because it was trying to recoup its money as much as it could. Yeah, but, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think this deserved better. I feel like, I feel like it did anyways. And I agree with you. I'm not saying this is brilliant theater, but I think it ranks up, it's no worse than Phantom of the Opera, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's certain, certain things in this that I like more than what Phantom has done. Um, I feel like, thematically, Phantom is a bit better, uh, in just how cohesive the theme is, but, I mean, that's just... It's it's not difficult to string together a bunch of gothic imagery. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is there anything that you feel like Bonnie and Clyde did very badly? Like, things that you feel lent credence to the people that really tore the show apart? Um, a lot of the songs kind of feel samey. So the detriment is Frank Wildhorn in the end. Yeah, and I'm not saying that because I knew it was Frank Wildhorn, because honestly I didn't know it was him. And I don't have any vendetta against him or anything. I'm sure he can write something that's good if he really put effort into it. But uh, this... <laughs> well, can I can I describe Frank Wildhorn for you like, really quickly? Go for it. What, what, am um, I... Another musical theater podcast is called Broadway Backstory, where they just go into the entire development of a musical. And it's hosted by Patrick Hines, who is a very flamboyant man. And he described Frank Wildhorn as a man that would sooner make sports analogies than reference musical theater. (laughs) He is not a musical theater guy. He wrote pop music for most of his career and is not really into it. He'll do it because that's what he does now, but he would much rather just sit home and watch football. Yeah, you know, that's fine. I mean, I think musical compare theater should Andrew be a place Weber, for everyone, was... right? <laughs> yes, I agree. But compare that to Andrew Lloyd Webber or Pasek and Paul, who will eat, breathe, and live this. So I guess it's interesting that he has had, he has such a big name and has made so, such a big hit like uh, Jekyll and Hyde when he doesn't really give a mm-hmm. crap. <laughs> 
Exactly. Which I and guess one you can of the... kind of almost feel the not giving a crap just come through his work, you know? <laughs> in this one, I say the least. Because one of the things that you and I brought up, mostly in the commentary that we did, check that out if you're not a patron, um, about how every song could very much just be a song put on the radio. Like, it doesn't really reflect the story. This is better about that. This one, I don't think... This is 100% better about that. Yeah, this doesn't have, like, any songs where it's like, this is the moment. It's like, the moment where what happens? <laughs> what moment is this? And I like the fact that there's humor in it, too. Like, they're not afraid to be goofy for a bit, where Jekyll and Hyde was terrified of being funny. I think if Jekyll and Hyde was too funny, though, it would have just... The whole thing would fall apart. You wouldn't be able to take any of it seriously. Well, maybe that's what it needed, but this... I, I, I've never heard Frank Wildhorn do straight up camp until I heard Buck, you're going back to jail. Yeah, that was a, I like the whole side characters of Buck and, uh, I, geez, I don't remember her name. Was it like, um, it started with a B, right? <laughs> I think so. It wasn't Bonnie. Is it Blanche? Yeah, it's Blanche. Oh it's my Blanche. Goodness. Let's talk about the, uh, the, the lead couples. All right, let's go. Let's go, bitch. Yeah. What do you think of Bonnie and Clyde? I love Bonnie, and I think Clyde is, like, a really great anti-hero. Do you feel the corruption in Bonnie? Like, do you feel, like, that moment of, like, oh, no, no, come back to the light? No, I feel like she was bad the whole time. All right, explain that to me. The second she met Clyde, she was already covering up for him. Like, didn't even take more than two seconds, and she's covering for this guy. Doesn't even know who he is. Is she the version of Veronica from Heathers you wanted? I think so. I think, I think that is it, where she... She was pretending to be like, oh, I'm against this, but, like, it did not take very much to convince her. <laughs> there was, like, a few... I do think she's in an abusive relationship, but I don't think she... I don't think that's necessarily why she has been... She started sticking around. Maybe that's why she stays with him later on, but... I think at first, she was very into him. And it doesn't take very much to convince her to go along with the whole thing. So I feel like... She had that bad streak from the start, you know? Do you think she's actually in love with her? I think he is, yes. I just think okay. he's a bad person. I mean, like, obviously. The... <laughs> um, do they... I... <clears throat> he's an impotent man that might have been bisexual, according to history? I guess. They don't really play that up at all. No, and I was wondering why you think that wasn't played up. That was played up in the movie version quite a bit. Uh, honestly, I don't think it needed Even to be. Even for the time. I don't think it needed to be. I mean, they probably could have added it in, but... I, there was, like... There was that one song where he, like, didn't want to have sex with her, and he, like, made up excuses. And I was like, oh, is he gonna yeah. be gay? So I guess they kind of do that, but... But he was... He had penis issues. The real Clyde did. Erectile dysfunction. He, he did it up. And you wonder why he murdered so many people. Yeah, if the dick don't work, you gotta pull... There's nothing he can't do with a gun! <laughs> oh, no. You know who I didn't expect to like as much as I did, though, was the secondary couple? Yes, they're great. Um, and tragic. On, they're more tragic than Bonnie and Clyde are, because Bonnie and Clyde kind of asked for it. Yeah. Like, I mean, Clyde especially, but Bonnie was, like, just going along with the whole thing and covering up for everything. They both they both kind of deserve what was coming to them, but right. But poor Buck, Clyde just ruins Buck. Is that kind of how your and my relationship is gonna end? What I'm gonna lead you into some crime syndicate or 
Or are you gonna do that to me? I'm about to say, who's leading who here? <laughs> I feel like we're not at all a, a Buck and Clyde situation. Not even slightly. But wh what would you compare us to, then? Uh, we're we're more of be... a Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Speaking of death, I know you have opinions about them not showing the murder of them. Yeah, what the hell was that about? It's like the, the I, one part I, I really it. wanted to see. Just show the damn thing. You have a prop car and everything. Come on. <laughs> they showed it to you at the beginning so you didn't have to worry about seeing it later. I get it. Show it at the end. I want to see them die. <laughs> you saw them die at the beginning. Then it's like, all right, let's rip that band-aid off so we don't have to end on such a sad, violent note. You don't have to end on it, but you can at least, you know, show a bunch of cops shooting holes in a car or something. I, I don't know. Give me something. You, you can't build up and build up and, like, you kill, you show Buck dying and then you build up to it and then blue balls. I got blue balls from this show. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a great choice because this is much more about the internal drama between Buck and Blanche and Bonnie and Clyde than it is really about the crimes themselves. I don't care, Jess. I want to see them die. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they deserve to die? Yes. I mean, de quite definitely. Yes, but... they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I could have delivered that better. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it was the half-hearted commitment which sold it to me. I thank you. I really appreciate that. No, I mean, they, they definitely, they, like, Clyde murdered, like, what, four people? <laughs> yeah, but Bonnie didn't murder nobody. Oh, yeah, yeah, but embedding a murderer and helping him murder people is totally fine. Hey, Veronica got redeemed at the end of Heather, so. I, yeah, that was a bad thing. Yeah, you're right. Whatever. <laughs> well, I guess there are songs we gotta talk about, so do you want to go into a mid-show and then come on back to this? Yeah, let's go into mid-show announcement. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we've got a shill at you. Oh no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donations by our donors over at Patreon. Our current patrons include Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunig, Benjamin Lehrer, Lily Eccles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, hashtag confirmed real duck, Melissa the Goldman, hashtag confirmed real Goldman, Jess Lightning, the best Jess on this show, Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Taskir, Callum McLeod, Fire of September, Sam Bergman, Mina Maniri. Hope you're enjoying the episode so far, Mina. You're the reason it's here. Monica <laughs> Thoreau, Brent Black, Haley Murray, and Allison Wonderland. They give us a little financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. If you would like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks such as patron-only commentaries, our episodes a day early, or even earlier, or our little fun after parties, come join us over at Patreon! I just want to say Alice in Wonderland is a great name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
It's great. Um, also, we have a brand new podcast. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's Ooh. called Disney Plus Cheese. Ooh. I, I just kind of want to shill that out there because we want to get more more, more downloads. If you've left a review on this podcast, why don't you go leave a review on that one? Say how great that one is. It's a lot like this, except it's Disney. All right. Let's get back to the show, Andrew. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Absolutely. At the picture show, like Clara Bow, like Clara Bow, the main attraction at the picture show. Bang, bang, you're dead. Bang, bang, you're dead. Ain't nothing I can't do with a gun. I'm gonna be the guy kids look up to. They'll cut their hair the way I cut mine. Capone was just like me when he started Some guy, he made it big And so will I There's a lot I want to talk about It's very rare that I actually want to talk about a lot of the songs Okay, well what do you got? What's What are your songs? I think the picture show is a great opening number I agree with that actually uh, But I'm going to let you, you got your spiel for it So why don't you go first? <laughs> I think it's such a brilliant idea to turn these, like, criminals and show them at their most innocent of, like, their 
basic needs and how they eventually end up where they end up where Bonnie's basically pining for like fame and notoriety at any cost and Clyde is looking for the same thing but in a different way they both have the same goal but they're going about it in very different ways and they both have different morals for it and their life kind of coincides all at once during their youth and it would be really amiss if we didn't see that and it's brilliantly done I agree with everything you said and I, I don't know if I have anything to add, but I, 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 you know what? Since this is the start of the music segment, I do want to talk about the music style of the show first as well. Um, what What is your thoughts on the music style bef- just before I go into it? I know I've been talking a lot about Frank Wildhorn as like a writer and artist and all that, and I don't mean to like shit on him too much, but he's not that good. But let me say that I appreciate that he's stepping way far out of his style. Everything else he's ever done, be it Wonderland, Dracula the Musical, Jekyll and Hyde, the Civil War, all have that very similar sound where it's trying to imitate Les Mis with a little bit of rock. And this feels like something totally new and breathtaking in its way. Yeah. And it shows me that he can do this very well if he put his mind to it. I think he just doesn't want to put his mind to it, but... I also, I want to just say that I really like a lot of the, the music style choices in this. Even if I don't love all the songs, I and, uh, I think my favorite stuff in this is where they go into like a more gospel type feel. Um, and there's quite a few songs where they do that. And I think that that is where that shines the most. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the worst parts of this is when his wild horn-ness starts to creep in. Like specifically in Raise a Little Hell. And you get the power yeah. ballads. And... Well, the power ballads feel yeah. a little bit more earned here, if that makes sense. They don't feel like they're every other song. Well, there's not as many of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, there's not as many of them. So they're almost, they're they're better in that. At least you don't have to hear it every single song. Not every song is about <laughs> this moment or in his eyes or whatever. All right. Let's talk. Now that we've talked about that, let's move on to the um, next song. I, oh, there's so many songs. <laughs> Buck, you are going back to jail. What the hell are you talking about? Don't be scared to turn a corner. That's right. Or to open our front door. When you're on the side of justice, you ain't nervous all the law. Now pull yourself together because you. talk about you're going back to jail because this is specifically one of I love it's an anti Frank Wildhorn song and he does (laughs) it so well it's actually really goofy and pretty funny (laughs) it's effectively funny Buck breaks out of Buck breaks out of uh, prison with his brother Clyde Mm -hmm. obviously and the second he finds his girlfriend the first thing she says to him is yeah you're going back to prison (laughs) and there's a whole song about how he's like i don't want to go back to prison and she's like no you're going back to prison and there's the implication (laughs) that she's fucking all these guys while he's there and enjoying the hell out of life (laughs) yeah and i think one of the salon women like just straight up says that she's like really happy that her husband's in jail because she doesn't have to worry about him (laughs) i think it's a brilliant song with a brilliant like comedic idea that is like effectively told surprisingly great scene absolutely uh definitely the funniest part of the whole thing though 
it doesn't really meet that that humor level again in the whole but show. But the humor never think. goes away entirely either. No, and I think the si- the fact that they have this second couple mm. that is pretty much just humor makes it work a lot better. I, I know it's we all hate to say like formulas and like oh it's so formulaic but formulas work and this goes right back to the musical theater formula with the caveat it's about murderers and robbers um you got the main couple you got secondary couple you watch them both go through their things and usually the secondary couple is the funnier one that is a conceit of this I like that you're saying I like that you're saying that it being about murderers and robbers makes it different <laughs> but we we both know that we've already Carousel. talked about Oklahoma and Carousel, so <laughs> you know you make a point. I'm pretty sure that's par for the course. You make Jess. a point, <laughs> and I follow you down that that road, and I agree entirely. Ironically, ironically, Bonnie and Clyde is one of the few formulaic musicals that don't end in a courtroom. <laughs> it starts in a courtroom. <laughs> it, it subverted your expectations. <laughs> they, they flipped it right on its head. <laughs> expectations subverted. <laughs> Um, let's talk about one of the very good power. It's not even a power ballad, but a really good number. Um, how about a dance? Okay. I love this song. I heard it out of context when I first heard it and fell in love with it. And I fell even deeper in love with it in context, even though the entire time I'm looking at Laura Osnes's abs and being like, damn, bitch. Who's your, who's your workout guy? Um, hang on. Jess, what is the context for this song again? I, I just I don't go by song names a lot of times, so I just need to know where um, it, it was. It was really early on. I think it was like the first time her and Clyde are together, um, and he convinces her to sing for him. So she's just kind of putting on a show for him. She's kind of doing a striptease. Oh, yes, yes. It's such a nice moment yes, of them yeah. like getting like learning about each other. I like most of the songs that Bonnie, Bonnie yes. sings, I think. Bonnie has, and the actress that played her, which I think you have said her name several times, and I don't remember Mara it still, Osnes. but <laughs> I think she had a really good voice. Can I, very, can very I tell you voice. where she started? Sure. Um, so back in the early mid-aughts, which is what we're calling them, and I guess we've all agreed that's what we're calling them, um, there was this show called You're the One That I Want, and it was specifically about made to try to find the next Sandy in Greece. Um, okay. and she was nicknamed small town Sandy on that show and she went up against a bunch of other girls and they, it's an American idol to figure out who's going to play the next Broadway Sandy so that you could be like, I saw her on TV. I voted for her <laughs> and people thought, okay, what a great idea. Okay. She's a one hit wonder. No one's going to care about her, but then they kept putting her in things and she's able to sell it. She's able to play more than that small town girl. And this was like her first Broadway production after that. And she's playing something very different than Greece. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, she's still a small town girl, but she's not like she's, she wants to leave and, uh, wants to kill. She people. has a bit more dimension <laughs> than someone that just kind of Sandra D bit more dimension than anything in Greece. So let's be real. I hate Greece so much, dude. I fucking hate Greece. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta talk about. I, I Greece really at some don't point. want to. 
Can we do at least do a commentary? I think a commentary on, on the Grease I think movie? a commentary on the Grease movie would be a good outlet for my emotions rather than a actual review or podcast on it. Because I have nothing to say about that aside from when I'm watching it and be going, "What the fuck?" Grease is like one of those like really bland musicals that I think it's just it it is really kind of by the books and kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, did you recognize the guy that played Clyde from your favorite musical the last five years? He was, um, um, Jamie in the movie version. I felt like I did recognize him, but I had no idea what he was (laughs) from. (laughs) Yeah, he's, he's super talented. Okay. But no, how about a dance is a great number. Run to his arms if you seek salvation. Wash your sins away. This is the time for some jubilation. Come to him today. Praise the Lord. God doesn't speak of retribution. Everyone's so saved. He will forgive even those who misbehave. Undo the chains that you're tied around. Your hands hold the key. Your hands hold the key. You're gonna feel things that will stand. Soon you will be free. Soon you will be You're welcome here, there is room for everyone. You're welcome here, there is room for everyone. You're welcome here, there is room for everyone. Praise the Lord! (laughs) Now God's arms arms are always open. open. You better run. Run He'll set you free. Wait, I wanted to talk about God's arms are always open. Oh, okay, let's go. God's arms are always open. I really like the song. Uh, you got the preacher, you got a whole congregation, they're doing like a full gospel style, but then it's intercut with with um, Clyde robbing people, and uh, it's fantastic. I, I really like, I think this is like the best part of the show, in my opinion. But that's my opinion, of course. I think it's one of the best uses of theatrical tactics, where you're both yes, looking in two different I mean. places. It's the reason yes. why this works better as a musical than it does as a film, in my opinion. <clears throat> yes. Wait, there's a film version of this? I mean, of the, like, story. Oh, okay. Okay. I like it a lot. Um, all right, moving on. What do you have to say, Jess? <laughs> <laughs> Is that all you had to say? I just wanted to praise the song. Is that that's all right? Fine. Um, let's go to the preacher's next song, Made in America. Ooh, praising that Paricha. I love this song. This is the one I actually will listen to the most. It sounds just the right amount of Frank Wildhorn, where it's really dark, it's really ominous, and you get the feeling of the American people's actual response to Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, yeah, and it's not, I think it's a good act two opener too, because it's not like plot heavy in any way, like, but it's still a good song. It's like still a fun song to listen to and still tells you something, but it's not anything that you'd have to know. Mm-hmm. So. I like the fact that it's not overtly campy. I'm, one of the things I hate about Act 2 openers is that they always feel like they have to be a campy fun number, where this one isn't not that, but it also is very sinister in its own way. They also had already introduced the preacher and everything, mm-hmm. so it doesn't feel like, oh, this is just a campy character that they added for this one number. 
Right, which they also tend to do, and I'm not always a big fan of either. Yeah, no, it's a, I agree. It's good. It's a really good Act Two opener. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. Wow. Oh, Act Two is a lot of reprises. Yes, it is. <laughs> but what was good enough for you is another song I want to talk about. Sure. Um, this is another one I listened to quite a bit, which also is kind of like a mission statement of Bonnie and Clyde to their parents. Oh, uh, you know what? And honestly, we should talk a bit more about their parents. Yeah, I, feel like we I didn't agree. Really touch on that. And this is one of the few adaptations that really focuses on it because in real life, Bonnie and Clyde risked their own lives to visit their family way too often, which is probably one of the main reasons why they get murdered in the end of their actual uh, honestly, tenure. Pro- it probably is the main reason they got murdered in the end. And the the musical implies that pretty heavily. That yes. like, hey, the reason we got them is because they came back to their parents. If they had just stayed on the run, but no, these it that is one of the humanizing elements of these actual f- characters in this fictional universe that we're creating on stage. Yeah, and I think that uh, Bonnie's mother is a really good character as well, and you feel really bad for her by the end of it because she kind of breaks... <laughs> And as she should, what could a mother do in that situation? I mean, yeah, there's not really anything you can do besides just feel really sad that basically your daughter is uh, going to be murdered by the police. <laughs> if not by her dangerous boyfriend. <laughs> wow, what what a dilemma a mother has to live with. What was always good enough for you? to say ain't good enough for me plowing fields and planting seeds till your mind and body bleeds no way up before dawn and you stop when you drive then you ask your god to forgive praying for rain without rain there's no crop this ain't no way to live what was always good enough for you the millennial anthem is what was good enough for you isn't good enough for me actually it's more like the okay boomer method like we want everything yeah um well, I think it's a little more relevant with Clyde and Bonnie, though, because they're living in the Great Depression, which is probably probably was the worst time to possibly be growing up. <laughs> At least in America, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, other parts of the world also were pretty heavily affected by that, but not the whole world, but a lot of countries that trade with America a lot. Mm-hmm. It was bad. <laughs> it was not a good time. Oh, I, ever, what are you talking <laughs> about? Gatsby was living it up. Wait, no, he died. Yeah. I mean, the only people that were living it up in the Great Depression were people that had just already had a shit ton of money. Right. I don't think anyone was making money during the Great Depression, sadly. Which I think is part of the reason why this story resonated was so, so much. Uh, yeah, because it's like, well, these guys are just out there stealing everything, and that's what they should be doing, because getting we're, a job's worthless at this point. We're getting stole <laughs> from every single fucking day, so why shouldn't we steal? I'd steal, wouldn't you, is a literal line from an American citizen reading about this. Yeah, I mean, really, though, if you're living in that type of time where it's like, you have no money, there's no jobs, like, what are you gonna do? 
like, yeah, Robin Banks sounds like a good plan. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what we should do, Andrew. You really think this is a bad enough time where Robin Banks is the best option? <laughs> <laughs> We're already robbing all of our poor patrons with this awful content. <laughs> you know, and you're right. You're right. <laughs> do you guys feel robbed? Leave leave a comment. Mina Maniri, do you feel robbed of your, like, your money? Like, comment, subscribe if you... Like, comment, and subscribe if your money's been wasted. <laughs> the problem is they already have done all of those things. And that's the oh, reason why no. their money got wasted. <laughs> no. Nah, we, we you love, love you this. You love this. No, don't talk to them like that, Jess, okay? We have to be good mommy and daddy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I think Clyde... I would have liked if Clyde's mom got a little more attention, especially since she had two kids that were both being murdered <laughs> but yeah they kind of didn't they didn't really give her very much screen time or stage time or whatever you would say <laughs> can only afford so many actors on stage at once i feel like that she would have been an interesting character i don't think I she agree. she's not even involved in a single song she's involved in picture show a little bit talk about dying ain't so bad <laughs> and it's what is this this one's about uh how bonnie is like yeah as long as i'm with you or whatever it's not that bad mm -hmm. as long as i'm with him i don't really care if i die because at least we go down together yep which is kind of how i feel about you and me like i don't care how we go down as long as you and i go down together we're fine yeah we're gonna make it through this song's all right i mean it didn't really doesn't have that much of an impact, I wouldn't it's say. It's very pretty. It is very pretty. That's true. I like that it slows down because a lot of these shows are pretty up-tempo, pretty high stakes, and this takes a moment to just let you breathe for a moment. And whereas Jekyll and Hyde, every song is a moment to let you breathe so, so that you're sighing all the time, this one's like, all right, okay, let's take a breath before the shit hits the fan. So what you're saying is, this is the moment? <laughs> Dying ain't so bad when you're watching Jekyll and Hyde. Alright. Well, we compared this to Jekyll and Hyde a lot. I don't think that's a fair comparison, because I think this blows it out of the water. Um, it is, but it also rhymes with Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde, Buddy and Clyde. I know, it just, it's... He, he's, like, begging you to compare it to that. I, what would you say <laughs> this is actually on the same level as? Like, what would you compare this to, legitimately? Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, I compared it earlier to Phantom. You did. You did compare it to Phantom. I feel like Phantom of the Opera is. It still has a bit more of a following, though, than this has ever will. <laughs> the thing is, this developed a following. This developed a pretty devout following after it got it closed. I think deservedly so too. It, and I feel like uh, something that gets unfairly panned like that, it always gets a, a better shot with the cult following. But it. 
doesn't have like a weird like carry the musical as much as you and I enjoyed it. That's a weird cult following to have, and I don't always understand it. I would con- say that this is on a similar level as far as quality goes to that, though. I'd say this is a little better than Carrie. Yeah, I think I'd actually agree with that. The story's a little easier to follow in this and just a bit better told. I guess those are the same thing, but... <laughs> character-wise. Character-wise, I think that's the most important thing, and this really leaned into characterizing Bonnie and Clyde as human beings as opposed to, like, icons, which is what a lot of these other adaptations of the story tend to lean on. Yeah. I think uh, I think I really enjoyed it, and... I'm upset. I'm a little upset that it got such an unfair treatment. I didn't actually know about that until a few, till till you told me about forty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Four week run is that that is absurd. I thought that this would have run for you know a year or so, you know. <laughs> but there's a lot of things like that. Like I told you about Tootsie the musical, right? We brought that up. Yeah, that's still running, right? It just announced its closing date. <laughs> Uh, ticket sales aren't great, right? No, it's terrible. And we we talked briefly about the advertising of that recently. Yeah, they... Where it's just a bunch of white people laughing. Yeah, I don't even quite understand what that advertising even... Like, who's gonna look at that ad and be like, Yep, that's the one for me. That's what I'm watching. (laughs) The show isn't even that kind of funny, is the thing. Like, it's chuckle-worthy at best. Yeah, like... And even if it was that funny, do you really advertise a funny show by showing people laughing? Like, haha. It feels like the lady doth protest too much. It's just, it, I don't know. I guess there are things that, like, I don't know, I'm reminded of, like, a, a, what is it called? Paranormal activity where it got all of its following because it just showed advertisements of people being scared. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish I had thought of that. But Book of Mormon is a much more ha 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 I'm dying and I can't breathe laughing than Tootsie, which tries to be much more sincere and play on your emotions. Yeah, but I think Tootsie also was showing uh, like slightly older people laughing, whereas Book of Mormon is more is a little too edgy, I think, for uh, a lot of crowds. Andrew, do you find women in dresses hilarious? Women in dresses or men in dresses? Men in dresses pretending to be women. Oh, you mean like kinky boots? Yeah, but it's not a joke in kinky boots. It's kind of presented as something cool. Yeah. And it, it it is cool. I mean, it's not really a joke at all, just in general. Like, just <clears throat> having a man in a dress is not a joke. You can, you can well, tell Tootsie a joke. Well, thinks it's the best joke in the fucking world. Like, <clears throat> let me tell you a scene from Tootsie. Let me describe for you a scene in Tootsie. So, we... we Alright, as you would imagine... Be, by the stakes of, like, romantic comedy. Um, he dresses a woman to get this acting role, and he meets a girl, and he falls in love with her, but, oh, he's a woman, he can't, can't just fall in love with her. But hashtag woke, she says, you know what, I'm in, I can be into women, let's do this. (laughs) And then that's where the humor comes. (laughs) So the humor is that she, she is in love with a woman, but that woman has a big dongo in their pants. (laughs) (laughs) So he got what he wanted, but you can't pretend something that warm is a strap-on, can you? Yep. I think she got more than she bargained for. (laughs) Take a picture of me laughing and put it on the side of the fucking theater, guys. He's a man in a dress. She's in love with a woman. 
Uh, <laughs> Who's a man in a dress? <laughs> but she doesn't know yet. Oh, well, golly gee, God, you think she'll react? What's gonna happen? Uh, I hate that. Uh, okay. I fucking hate that musical. Like, there's a few good songs in it, but overall that musical is so cringe and not even the good kind of cringe. Fuck that musical. Bonnie and Clyde is so much better. Yeah, put Bonnie and Clyde back on Broadway. Revive it. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Make Andrew play Buck. I will play Buck. I'm gonna go back to prison. <laughs> <laughs> and then there'll be a man dressed as a woman. I'm going to ladies' prison, because now I'm wearing a dress. <laughs> <laughs> Why, where's that musical? Man in dress goes to ladies' prison. <laughs> Man in dress goes to ladies' prison. Uh, things turn out a lot wackier than you think they would. <laughs> <laughs> the musical. I Frank Wildhorn, get on it. Is that is that the musical they were writing at the end of the producers? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the producer's musical? No, I've only seen the movie. Ooh, that mo that would be a good episode, honestly. All right. Uh, well, Jess. All right, we've fallen off. We've fallen off track the, quite the a rails bit. Let's, have been, let's wrap we've this up. We've fallen off the rails. There are no more rails. This crazy train is no longer on the rails. All right. What is your overall thoughts on Bonnie and Clyde? <sighs> I thought Bonnie and Clyde was pretty good. Um, I think it's obviously Frank Wildhorn's best musicals. Um, my only problem is it just feels a little too long in the middle. Like, I feel like he cut this into a really good one act, and I think it was really good. And you know what my cheese rating is? Um, it would be Kraft Deli American Cheese, because it was made in America! It was made in America! Okay. That's very, uh, I, I guess that's fitting, I suppose. <laughs> My overall thoughts, um, I enjoyed it. It's, uh, it didn't bore me, which is better than I can say for some musicals. Uh, I wasn't exactly blown away, but I, it kept me engaged, and there was quite a few songs that I was like, hey, that was fun, I liked that. Um, as far as a cheese rating, I'm gonna give it a, a Parmesan-like cheese which apparently is a type of cheese that you can make in prison using just the food that they give you there. Um, so, fun facts. I, I, but was it made in America? Of course it's made in America. America has the highest prison population in the world, by god darn it. <laughs> oh. Oh, no! <laughs> well, Andrew, that was a lot of fun. Um... Thank you guys for listening. We love you guys. Please follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher at Musicals with Cheese. Could you please leave us a review? We haven't gotten a review in a long time, and we need to keep those reviews up if we're going to hit 200 by this time next year. Yes. no one reviews things anymore. Damn you, Doug Walker. You've ruined it for everyone. <laughs> um, please follow us on Twitter at Cheesy Musicals. We're on Patreon at Musicals with Cheese. We're on Instagram at Musicals with Cheese. Our YouTube page is also Musicals with Cheese. Email us at musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com. We have a second podcast. We have what? two of them now? Yeah. How how are we going to handle both of these Just, at there once? Is as we, many podcasts we, uh, as there are people on this show. What are we going to do? 
I don't know. I don't know. But it's called Disney Plus Cheese. You can probably find it in the description. If not, just look it up. Um, we've been retweeting a lot of their stuff on our Twitter. Um, it's me and Andrew talking about the stuff on Disney Plus. So it's a lot of fun. There's already a couple episodes up, so you might as well take a look. Our title card was created by Jolene Casco. She also made our Disney Plus Cheese title card. She is absolutely incredible. Andrew, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this shit on up? I'm going back to prison. Are you going to wear a dress? <laughs> I'm not wearing a dress. I'm just going just normally normal back to just going back to prison like normal person. But you're going back to jail. Yep. Well, thank you everyone for listening. All right. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time on Musicals with Cheese. <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.